Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to me. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music. Jump on it sometime. Well, I just wanna see if it's the expensive kind. Well, it balances on your head like a mattress balances on a bottle of wine. Your brand new leopard skin pillbox hat. Oh, yes, I saw 
love to you. He forgot to shut the garage door. You may think he loves you for your money, but I know what he loves you for. Your brand new leopard skin pill box. Jack Sheldon, Woody Herman, do, 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 do. here on The Humble Farmer. Thank you for listening. Even old people like me who still don't know the difference between an iPod and an iPad, well, even us old people are aware that it is possible to hide a tracking device in a vehicle so that its location can be pinpointed at any time which is why we sneer at these current crime programs when the heroes are baffled after a crook steals their car or van. Back when the system was a new feature in some kind of car, a man who was on a ferry boat halfway between Rockland and Vinyl Haven thought he would test it out. So he called in and asked him to locate his vehicle. There was a long pause on the other end of the line before the techie replied, It's on a very long bridge somewhere in Maine.
think that was Benny Moulton. Count Basie. The way I understand it, this magic box our friend Joe attached to our television set the other day enables us to watch television programs for free. Believe it or not, I called our cable company and told them to cut off, shut it off, eliminate the 21-channel part of our cable television package. And, of course, as you well know, since then they've called us two or three times a day, probably because they want to know why we don't want to pay 20 or so dollars a month to watch people sell us jewelry or exercise machines. I want you to know, this magic box shows promise, and it should pay for itself within a year or so. The, the magic box, so, so this magic box is very much like your solar panels that give you free heat and free electricity. The only element that will gouge us now is the cable that brings the Internet into our homes, without which life in this civilized world is, as you and everyone else knows, impossible. Yes, the magic box is now a way of life in our home, and I can't say I'm comfortable with it yet. When you watch the first of the 32 Colombo programs on the magic box, and you can line them all up and watch them in order, there is no break every five minutes to bring you a message from a pill-pushing sponsor who would either remove or replace stiffness and aged joints. One hour, listen to this, one hour programs only last 42 minutes. No butterflies flutter about on your screen touting the nutrients in a dog food that looks so good the children beg to try it. No more will you have the opportunity to wonder how every insurance company in America can give you a policy that is $700 cheaper than any other insurance company in America. There's something sneaky and un-American about watching commercial-free television. One has the disturbing feeling that one has joined a cult, that one is participating in some dirty, illicit act that will someday bring a knocking at the door, you know, just before dawn. And a skeptic, there are skeptics, a skeptic might also well ask, Hey, what you going to do after you've watched all 32 episodes of Columbo and all 132 episodes of Monk at least twice? Because, admit it, you are then in no better position than your neighbor who has watched every one of the very bloody NCIS programs six times. You might have been told that deciding for yourself what you want to watch on commercial-free television can be compared to drinking beer or drinking wine. After a year or two, you don't even notice the nasty taste and you wonder why everyone else isn't doing it.
Was that Sal Nisticol and Al Cohn? Who knows who was in there? I don't know. I thought I heard Sal and Al. You're listening across to the Humble Farmer here on your favorite radio station, Trala Trala, where, with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Are you ready for the Humble Farmer question of the week? Please listen closely. A minister who is about to officiate at an outdoor marriage ceremony, which is being held next to a lighthouse, finds that a stiff offshore breeze is blowing his tunic wildly around his head. He solves his problem with 18 or so inches of duct tape. Ready for the question? This marriage ceremony took place in A. West Palm Beach, Florida, B. Malibu, California, or C. Port Clyde, Maine. Thank you. 
Parker was always making deprecatory remarks about Ted Weems. I, I don't see anything wrong with Ted Weems. I think that was a nice song. I replied to a female friend's email with these words. Listen closely to these words, please. If you had not jumped to the incorrect conclusions, the world of letters would have been deprived of a nice column which I hope will be printed in the paper tomorrow. So here's one more thing for which I owe you. Now I notice that the meaning in my post was neither cloudy nor capable of misinterpretation. If either the man sent the article to me or he wrote the article and his name isn't on the article, the only logical option is that he must have sent it to me. I am belaboring a point here which I would never do one-on-one with my wife. It is okay to do this with friends, but with your wife it is much more prudent to say nothing, because there is absolutely nothing to be gained by by being right in a discussion with your wife.
sounded like Sal Mystico and Al Cohn in there. I thought, I don't know who the other one or two guys are. No idea who they are. You probably know. I suppose we could look it up if we really wanted to know. It's, it's on the album called Woody Herman Presents Four Others and a Great American Evening here on The Humble Farmer. Where, with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. Right here on your favorite radio station. I'm thehumblefarmer at gmail.com and I'd love to hear from you. Many years ago, one of my boyhood friends moved down to Georgia, South Carolina, one of them places. When I next saw him a few years later, he very cheerfully told me he'd joined the Ku Klux Klan. An uneducated man, he probably just naturally fell in with the way things were, you know, so he'd feel comfortable with his friends in the workplace and perhaps be less likely to have a plank accidentally drop on his head. Any Maine boy who served in the military in 1953 will tell you that his shipmates from the Deep South would often nonchalantly chat of lynchings or signs at the town line saying who had better not be in that town when the sun went down. Taylor Branch. Taylor Branch has written thick books about what happened in the South in the ten or so years following 1953. So, so what was heard on the mess deck by young Maine sailors back then were gross understatements. 
So when I read recently that a business in Georgia was moving to Maine, I I couldn't help but wonder if Southern managers bring their work ethic with them when they come up here. It might be too much to expect people to change the way they think in only 60 years, but but what they say out loud has thankfully been regulated by legislation.
Desmond, of course. <laughs> no one else could do that. So cute. Desmond plays such clever little things without ever seeming to sweat. One day, while on an airplane, much to my surprise, my seatmate pulled out a salad. Yes, you know this. Most anyone would carry aboard some little sweet or some little goodie to eat instead of a salad. I couldn't contain my amazement, and I complimented her on her healthy choice. Don't you agree with me that too many people don't give a fig about what they eat? And here was a woman who obviously cared about not only how she looked, but about her health in general. And as she ate that salad, you can imagine how I ranted and raved about how she impressed me and how great it would be in this country if more people followed her example. As you can believe, she ate every last green leaf of that salad. And then she washed it down with two little bottles of gin.
doodly do. Woody Herman on The Humble Farmer. Thank you for listening. I'm the humble farmer at gmail.com. With any luck at all, I'm here on your favorite radio station playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. Love to hear from you. It is not unusual. It is not unusual for people who have not read much or people who have not ventured far from home, their hometown, you know, to know to know the difference between communism and socialism. And this was called my attention by a letter to the editor written by a person who obviously didn't know the difference between the two. Even as there is a difference between fascism and socialism, there's a difference between fascism and communism. And I have a raft of friends and relatives in Holland, Sweden, and Norway who will tell you that there is a big, big difference between their socialism and the communism of China. Now, whether anyone in this greatest country in the world likes it or not, the standard of living is higher in Holland and Denmark than it is here in the United States simply because the people over there have gone to the polls and voted in socialism. We're not surprised that so many untraveled people do not know the difference between all of these isms, but we are distressed when they use the terms without knowing what they mean. So we, we encourage our friends to study these terms or to even visit other countries so they can see for themselves what communism or fascism or socialism is. The person who wrote the letter that got me started on this said something about what we could do to feel safe from terrorists. <laughs> Many of my friends have pointed out over and over again that if they wanted to feel safe from terrorists, they'd start creating them by invading other countries and shooting any native who tries to defend his home or school or place of worship. Please remember that we are not fighting and shooting people to root out terrorists. We're over there to support our ammunition business. Must have lunch real soon. Your luggage is checked through. We got inflation licked. I'll get right back to you. It's just a standard form. Tomorrow without fail. Pleased to meet you. Thanks a lot. Your check is in the mail. Marooned, marooned, marooned in a blizzard of lies. Marooned, marooned, marooned in a blizzard of lies. Toes and knees aren't all you'll freeze When you're in it up to your thighs It looks like snow, but you never know When you're marooned in a blizzard of lies You may have won a prize Won't wrinkle, shrink, or peel Your secret's safe with me this is a real good deal It's finger licking good Strictly by the book What's fair is fair I'll be right there I am not a crook Marooned, marooned, marooned In a blizzard
desert of lies Maroon, maroon, maroon in a blizzard of lies Better watch your step when your old dog Shep can't even look you in the eyes You're cold and lost and you're double-crossed when you're marooned in a blizzard of lies Send someone right out Now this won't hurt a bit He's in a meeting now The coat's a perfect fit Strictly fresh today Serve us with a smile I love you darling Till I die We'll keep your name on file Maroon, maroon, maroon In a blizzard of lies Maroon, maroon Marooned in a blizzard of lies Walk on, walk on With hope in your heart And you're in for a big surprise When you're marooned Marooned Marooned, marooned, marooned In a blizzard of lies A blizzard of lies Dave Frischberg here on the Hummel Farm. You might have read in the paper that, I'm going to try to quote here, most Republicans opposed the tax increases and advocated for deeper spending cuts, especially in public assistance programs. Many Democrats wanted to spend more on education and roll back state income tax cuts enacted by the GOP-led legislature in 2011. Mm-hmm. Well, when you read things like that in the newspaper, do you get the impression that one party seems to support wealthy people and that the other party seems to support small business owners and People who work for an hourly wage? Does it make you wonder where some of your friends hear things that encourage them to consistently vote against their own economic interests? Did you recently learn that public assistance to hourly wage earners who are paid so little that they need food stamps is how the government subsidizes the corporations that pay those low wages? Think about this. Does it mean, does that mean that an unknown but probably very large portion of corporate America is on welfare? And isn't it interesting that the two groups of people, that the, isn't it interesting that the two groups of people with low wages, those who earn barely enough so they can't get food stamps, and those who fall below, below the line and do qualify, isn't it interesting that these two groups bicker between themselves instead of voting out the folks who profit by their this unfortunate arrangement? Doesn't it make you wonder?
Herman, thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer. When you read that our governor said he'd rather let state government shut down than sign the budget, <laughs> did you get the feeling that you'd heard something similar before? Like state government shut down before he'd signed the budget. Now, the bottom line in this and any similar legislative struggle seems to be who gets your tax dollars? Will the legislation benefit small business owners and hourly wage earners, or the large corporations that have their dark-suited representatives continually haunting the hallowed legislative halls? Because my stock portfolio is somewhat less than a million dollars, I am unfortunately not dependent upon stock dividends for my livelihood. So I have always supported the team that works to increase the income of my main neighbors 
who do not own second homes on Bermuda. The handful of folks who ski in Australia winters and sail the Maine coast summers also own the media. So is it surprising that many honest, hard-working Maine people can be convinced to vote against their own economic interests come election time? And even write letters to newspapers cheering on the folks who are systematically robbing them? Oh, did you remember where you'd heard about this shutting down business before? You may recall a recent presidential candidate who got very rich by getting control of a company and then doing anything that would put money in his own pocket at the expense of many people who wanted no more than the opportunity to work hard every day for fair wages. In short, breaking it up, selling it off, shipping it elsewhere, shutting it down. Is it not instructive to see what happens when the state of Maine is also run just like a business?